0: There is not many things sweeter than beating the Oakland Raiders. What's going on, Broncos country? This is your host, Tanner Lee, host of the Orange Weekly Game podcast, back for another edition. Oh man, life's good. I'm back to break down the 20-19 to Denver Broncos win over the hated Oakland Raiders. And you know, it just makes it so much sweeter that John Gruden, aka Chucky, is back on that sidelines with 10-year contract and you know his face when that ball of Brandon McManus went through the uprights. uh, Oh, oh so sweet. So in just a moment I'm going to be joined once again by my good buddy and diehard Bronco fan Jeff Ryan and we'll be breaking down everything of the Broncos 20-19 win over the Oakland Raiders but first here's a little pump up music from the mad fanatic himself. Two weeks in a row, Jeff, we get to talk about a win, and not only is this just a win, it's a win over the Raiders in a game, honestly, we probably had no business winning.
1: Yeah, you couldn't have said that any better, we did not deserve to win that game, but I am so thrilled to beat the Raiders, especially at home, and to be on the show here talking with you, Tanner.
0: It's always fun, recapping the Broncos, especially after a big win like this, uh, Broncos got the win 20-19. to 19. And, uh, yeah, like we kind of said, they didn't really have any business winning the game. They were down 19-10 uh, to 10 with uh, a little over six minutes to go, but uh, found ways to make enough plays towards the end to pull it out.
1: Yeah, we were, of course, texting the whole game, and, I mean, it was one of those really frustrating games from start to finish that – I always have hoped that the Broncos are going to pull out a win because that's the super fan in me. But that game, I never truly thought we were going to win until the final second ticked off, and I still really can't believe that we won the game. But super happy we're two and zero, and it's huge to put the Raiders at zero and two.
0: Well, yeah, and one of the, one of the differences I can tell already from this team from last year's is. This team's responded two weeks in a row really with their backs up against the wall where last year's team just folded every game they had their backs up against the wall.
1: Yeah, Keenum Keenum looked really good. He led the team down um, in the second half on some nice drives after we didn't do anything in the first half. I think he had 38 yards in the first half, um, which we'll get into the reasons for those those stats. But yeah, yeah. Two weeks in a row, like you said, and against opponents that I don't think the Seahawks and Raiders are, you know, upper echelon teams in the league right now, but they're also not horrible teams. So, listen, I'll t- I'll take 2-0 any day.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that statement. I mean, I don't think the Seahawks and Raiders are going to be, per se, playoff teams this year, but they're still pretty quality opponents. And it's still nice to take care of two home games, two close games in a row. Um, and, and you were mentioning Keenum. You know, that's one concern I have, though, is the slow start of the offense yet again. Uh, He did end up with a stat line of 19 completions on 35 attempts for 222 yards, but no touchdowns and one interception. Uh, What is your take on Keenum through two games, and are you worried that he's only thrown three touchdowns compared to four interceptions already?
1: I'm not worried yet. Um, Even though his stat line looked pretty bad yesterday, I was actually pretty pleased with Keenum's performance overall. I am of the opinion that the slow start yesterday was not his fault. I think it was a huge combination of poorly timed play calling with a few drops and a couple penalties early on that didn't ever allow us to get in a rhythm. Whereas in the second half, you saw our offense really kind of open up, run some interesting plays. We were we were even in the wildcat for a play, which was interesting. And
0: were we really? I must have missed that one.
1: Yeah, he Keenum kind of lined up outright, and Lindsey took the snap. We didn't gain any yards on it, but it was still good to see that we were doing something interesting. Um, and once you, once they got in a rhythm in the second half, it looked a lot more like the offense that we saw in the Seattle game, in my opinion. So I I put the slow start a lot on the game plan that was drawn up early on. I'm I'm assuming most of those plays in the first half were scripted, and I just I just didn't love that. What were your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I thought I thought Oakland definitely had the advantage in the first half when it came to scripted plays. I thought Gruden had a really good game plan of getting the ball out of Derek Carr's hands very fast. I think he was normally holding it like a second a half to two seconds. You know, getting their guys in space, letting them work, attacking the middle of the field, which our defense still looks like through two games. That's going to be an area of concern is covering the middle of the field. So I, yeah, I was really worried at halftime. I know we were texting and we're like, these coaches have to make some adjustments. And honestly, I got to give uh, kudos to the coaching staff because I, I really do think they went out and made adjustments uh, at halftime for the second half, and it uh, paid dividends.
1: I completely agree. I do think they made adjustments in the second half. And I texted you, I said, are we going to see them make adjustments? Because I think in a year and now two games under Vance Joseph, adjustments is something this team really struggled with last year, um, especially in game adjustments. And that first half, we just kept doing the same things over and over again. And you you want to see them make adjustments. If the script is not working, get away from the scripts. You know, it, you can't. Now, I'm not saying get away from the game plan, but if running off left guard and off right guard is setting up third and nine every single time, you got to do something different. Um, So I was really pleased with the second half uh, coaching changes and kind of opening up the offense, letting Keenum throw more on first down. You know, we created a lot more um, third and ones by – Kind of sweeping Lindsay out left or right, and even getting Freeman the ball a little bit more. He didn't touch the ball at all, really, uh, in the first half. So I was, I agree, I was happy that they did make some positive changes in the second half. And I, and I think the first half was so bad that it made the whole game feel bad. But really, when you think about it, the second half was not bad football on on the offensive side.
0: No, and one thing I noticed right at the beginning of the second half was. They made a pri- pri- priority to get Emmanuel Sanders the ball. He didn't have any yeah. touchdown touches in the first half. Made a big difference in the second half. I thought Cortland Sutton played pretty well, even though he had a couple tough grabs, which he ended up catching. But uh, that particularly that one toward the sidelines, they called it uh, no good. And the same thing with his spectacular touchdown catch. So he made two spectacular catches that got over- overturned into incompletions. Um But uh, I thought those two guys played really well. I thought Demarius struggled yesterday. He, for as good as a player as Demarius Thomas is, and I I don't think Bronco fans appreciate him enough. I really don't because I honestly think he's probably the second best wide receiver in team history. For how much he gets paid, he does drop the ball quite often and sometimes in big, big uh, moments.
1: Yeah, and for top-tier wide receivers, dropping the football is just such a glaring mistake. And so that's why I think he's not as appreciated as he probably should be. But that drop at the end of the game, he's incredibly fortunate that that didn't cost the game. I mean, he had a first down opportunity to put us into field goal range with that catch. He drops it wide open. No one is around him. It was right in his chest. Drops it. Um, and fortunately, of course, you know, we were able to recover from that and and still win the game. But those moments, you just – you're you're getting paid to make those plays, and we've seen it time after time in his career that for whatever reason he he doesn't always make those plays. He he does make some amazing plays too. Don't get me wrong; he's paid a lot of money for for a lot of you know good reasons, but those glaring mistakes um, are just very obvious to fans.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he's got too much talent to be making simple mistakes like that. And he's a veteran, you know, he's a captain. Um. Things of that nature, but let's talk about the young guys on offense a little bit. I mean, we had so many young guys step up yesterday. Uh, yeah. Starting with Philip Lindsey, who had 14 carries, 107 yards, no touchdowns. But um, I mean, this kid just making an impact week after week. He also had one reception for four yards. Uh, he has. Ne- he's now the first ever player in NFL history to have over 100 uh, yards from scrimmage. First, okay, let me backtrack. first player in NFL history to be undrafted and to have over hundred yards from scrimmage in his first two career games.
1: That's pretty cool.
0: And he's third in uh, total rushing yards in the NFL right now. Third.
1: Wow. He's a stud man. He, he is. just has that different motor. You can tell he's he's got a different edge to him than a lot of backs have had that we've
0: had in the past. I mean what a story, you know He gets hurt in high school then he walks on at Colorado was a stud there, doesn't get invited to the Combine, doesn't get drafted, Broncos pick him up, and, I mean, arguably right now through two weeks, if I had to make a prediction, I'd say by the end of the year, he'll be the number one running back.
1: Oh, I completely agree, and there's no reason to go away from him right now. Nope. I mean, he got six more touches than Freeman mm-hmm. did. Um, But And I still like Freeman a lot,
0: too. Yeah, no, no, he's <laughs> the- they're both head and shoulders better than Devontae Booker.
1: Say that again, sorry.
0: They're both head and shoulders better than Devontae Booker.
1: Yeah, I, I'm i not quite sure why they're even putting Booker out there in certain situations, to be honest, but that's
0: just me. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. And then uh, one of the big rushes of the game was uh, Case Keenum actually had two big rushes of the game, I should say. He had three carries for 16 yards and a touchdown, he had that scramble that one time for a first down, which he got up and showed some emotion signaling the first down. I like I like to see that out of my quarterback as long as he's not getting hurt. And then I thought Bill Musgrave, I thought that really was the call of the game on that QB draw on um, fourth that fourth and goal because, you know, I know we were texting. I thought it was a little risky at the time not to take the three points and only be down six and hope the Divas can get the ball back because if you get stuffed there, you're pretty much giving Oakland the game. But it, it, it worked in our favor.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to, hard to predict exactly, you know, what, what we'd be like with different players and whatnot. But I truly believe that if you look at this game compared to last year, this game had a very similar frustrating feel in terms of us not being able to move the ball early on, our defense coming up with big stops, you know, a few glaring holes on defense that we'll get into. But overall, the defense played really well. And yet, it just felt like we were going nowhere and had no chance to win. Last year, with Simeon or or even Paxton, there is, in my opinion, no chance that we win that football game. Especially because even though Keenum threw the one pick that was really bad because it was in the uh, inside the five yard line where they intercepted the football, that was a really bad mistake. After that, he was so good with the football. There wasn't another pass that was close that I can remember to getting picked off. And so for him to kind of, you know, control the rest of the game, get the offense going in the second half, Keenum was a huge reason we came back to win that game, especially on the last drive. So I'm I'm really impressed with um, Keenum so far. I know the three touchdowns to four picks is concerning on paper, but I I really think he stepped up in big moments for us and is a Big reason we're two and zero.
0: No, I I agree with you, and and he, uh, you know, just proves how uh, much of an advantage it is to have a veteran quarterback who has been through the battles. Because I mean, he 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 made some clutch plays, and just kind of has that clutch factor to him. He uh, he proved that on the last drive of the game, and I think uh, Broncos Country uh, is going to um, learn to really appreciate that here, and if if they're not already through two weeks, yeah. But uh, how about some other young guys on offense that came up big? Um, Tim Patrick had arguably the play of the game. Uh, He actually caught a touchdown earlier in the game and got it called back. He was only in for three snaps, so he really took advantage of a couple of the snaps. And I'm talking about here the uh, one reception for 26 yards and then he eventually got out of bounds with 10 seconds left, which scared me to death at first when he made his first cut towards the middle of the field. I didn't think he was going to get out of bounds, and I don't know if we would have had time to get everybody together to spike the ball to bring the field goal unit on or not, but uh, he knew what he was doing, and it uh, worked out for him, and um, he's been really oppressive not only making the team but making a contribution this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he put us in a position to win that game, and he made a good move to even get us into an easier field goal range. I know the commentators, and, and from our perspective watching TV, it, it was—it looked like it was obvious to say, oh, what are you doing? Go out of bounds. But I think when you kind of zoom out and, and look at the whole field, he made the perfect move because he had a lot of room. There wasn't really a huge chance of him getting tackled in the field to play after he made that one move. So it was an incredible play. I, I'd, I'd much rather a guy use his instincts and make a play like that than be – you know, overly cautious, go down, and then us, us have to get up and spike the ball. There's a lot of problems that can go wrong with that. You can get a penalty, move back another five yards. I I think uh, it was just a tremendous play, and I'm, I'm not mad at all for him trying to make more of it than, you know, than some people would have maybe wanted him to.
0: And how about another youngster, um, pretty much a rookie, even though he's a second-year player, but he didn't play at all last year, Jake Butt. I thought he had a big game, he had a, had a big game. catch towards the end. I mean, he ended up with four catches for 48 yards, and it's... 48 yards were, uh, was the second highest in the team in receiving.
1: So nice to have the tight ends involved. We've missed that for a while now. Um, really, the last time we had a contributable tight end was um, Thomas. So it's
0: really nice to have that as a threat. And now let's uh, unless you have anybody else – Oh, I got one more group I want to talk about, I guess, on offense. The offensive line, uh, hats off to them again, only allowing one sack for a loss of five yards. That's two weeks yep. in a row they've only allowed one sack. So they're doing a yep. great job at keeping the Case Keenum up and clean, and um, they've really been impressive to me the first two weeks.
1: They've been phenomenal. I They get a lot of credit for how the offense has performed.
0: Yeah, I, uh, they've really, I think, um, played a lot better than I expected, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Unless you have any other offensive players you want to talk about, uh, let's flip, flip to the defensive side. Um, interesting game when you look at some of the stats here. I mean, if you're a Raider fan and you see that Derek Carr goes 29 for 32 for 288 <laughs> yards, one touchdown, no picks, and only gets sacked once for seven yards, has a QB yeah. rating of uh, 83.6, uh, you're feeling pretty darn good. But yeah. you lost.
1: Yep, that's the only stat that uh, <laughs> that matters. I mean, end, so. it's kind of a
0: head-scratcher if you're a Raider fan looking at just at the stats, but... Um.
1: They, they made some interesting moves, I thought. Um, what they would get rolling, and, and you know, Marshawn ended up with 65 yards on 18 a mm-hmm. touchdown, but he was a pretty dominant force for them at times, where he was getting 6-7 yards on first down, setting up really short second- and third-down yardages, And then they would go to Doug Martin in really weird situations where they put him in the game on a second down and and he'd gain no yards or a couple yards. And, you know, he finished with seven for 24. So I just thought that was odd. And they they also – I don't know if they got conservative on offense. I do think our defense obviously is a big reason that Carr only threw for one touchdown. But it's almost like they were rolling and just trying to – not lose the game at times. They were almost trying to be too pretty, too perfect with Carr. A lot of his short throws, you know, he was. He only missed three completions because his throws were so quick and so short at times that it had no chance of being incomplete in the first place. So kind of an interesting game plan. They started opening it up in the second half after we made it 12-7. to Carr went on that impressive drive with a couple long throws to go up 19-7, to and I was thinking, oh, man, I mean, if that's how their offense is going to look the rest of the game, we have no chance. They didn't
0: score a point the rest
1: of the time. So just kinda interesting. I don't know if that's more on their play calling or if that was on our more on our defense. I'm not sure.
0: And another interesting thing that I'm not sure was on more on them or kudos to our defense was you know, they had to burn three timeouts due to not being ready at the line of scrimmage, which ended up being big towards the end of the game.
1: It's almost like they took their lead for granted and mm-hmm. they were just figuring, oh, we can take the timeout, you know, we have it, we're up. I don't know. It was. I agree.
0: I was odd. Maybe that's John Gruden, um, you know, not being used to being back on the field coaching and uh, still smelling all his money from his ten-year contract. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could easily see that. Um, but yeah, really going back to Marshawn, he had 18 carries for 65 yards and a touchdown. He's never really, luckily, he's never really been a Broncos killer historically. No. Um, Amari Cooper, on the other hand, had 10 catches for 116 yards yesterday. Uh, he was hurting our defensive backs. Uh, what was your thought about the play of our defensive backs?
1: Oh, I was I was pretty frustrated, man. We just we don't have that same physical ball hawking look that we've been so used to the last few years. And you know, Chris Harris is an awesome defender. He is a lockdown corner that um, keeps our secondary somewhat intact. But outside of him, we're just not the same. You can't have Bradley Roby and Tremaine Brock out there expecting to do huge things. Bradley Roby, in my opinion, has really struggled. They, I feel like time after time, I see him where he's off the ball by about five yards and has no chance of even getting close. And um, I don't even think we're playing zone half those times. I think it's straight up man to man when he's losing them. So it, that definitely concerns me. I think Brock concerns me as a slot guy. I don't think he's ready to fulfill that role. Um, I still think Simmons and Parks. Um, look good but then they'll miss an assignment
0: well parks didn't even play much because stewart
1: yeah yeah and darian stewart of course too is, is very solid but it's almost like they'll miss an assignment and one you know one or two big plays get let up that are huge plays um and we saw that a lot yesterday so i was disappointed with that
0: i mean i'm looking at the box score will parks didn't even have a tackle so i don't know how much he played yesterday Um, Not much. Justin Simmons was the leading tackler with nine, eight of those solo tackles. Yeah. Um, Really, the only guy on stats that had a good game was Von Miller, had five tackles, three of those solo, one sack, and a uh, tackle and a half for loss, one QB hit. I mean, uh, we just didn't get pressure on the quarterback. And uh, I know Oakland does have a good offensive line, but uh, we got to pressure the quarterback uh, a lot more, especially this Sunday on the road at Baltimore.
1: Yeah, we just don't have that same look of attacking the the quarterback um, on each play. You know, it just feels like we're we're hoping that our secondary can cover and and get a, get pressure with you know four guys up front with an occasional occasional blitz. And I, I want our defense to be aggressive. You know, I think they probably worry about if we blitz that we're going to lose too many guys in the backfield, especially tight ends. But we lose them anyway, so yeah. we may as well blitz them and put pressure on the quarterback early. That's how we've always been successful. So I I, I really hope Bradley Roby can step up because right now he's, he's who I'm most, I don't want to say disappointed, but I, I am most concerned about him going forward.
0: Is there anybody besides Von Miller that you've been really impressed with on the defense? I got one guy in mind, but I want to see if there's anybody that in your opinion, has oppressed you so far through two weeks on the defense well, side of the ball?
1: I don't know if this is who you were going to say, but I thought Peco yesterday had a really good game. Um,
0: that was not who I was going to say, but I definitely agree with you.
1: Yeah, he snuffed out a couple screen uh, passes and um, has gotten pretty good uh, push up front. I think he's been he's been pretty solid. Uh, what, what were your thoughts,
0: Shaquille Barrett? had yeah. the most underlooked play of the game yesterday blocking that extra point before half.
1: That's so true.
0: Because that came back in big time since the final score was twenty to nineteen. Shaq yeah. ended up with three tackles yesterday, um yeah. and uh, half of a tackle for a, or uh, yeah three tackles. He did not have half a tackle for a loss. That was Derek Wolf. But um yeah. who I think he's playing well too. But Shaq's not getting the normal reps he normally gets in the past, but he's taking advantage of the ones he's getting and yeah. I've always thought he's an underrated player, but fortunately, I could see him walking after this season. But that's far in the future. But he—he's one of my favorites to watch. I—I th- I think he's—I think he's done really well.
1: I agree. I really like—I I like the way he plays, and he's so aggressive and, and really, like you said, an underrated pass rusher. Um, one guy that—it's uh, kind of unfortunate that we really haven't talked about much because he hasn't done much. Is Bradley Chubb. Are you worried about that at all?
0: Uh, he's still, it's learning curve. Um, I mean, he did have a sack last week right away. Uh, yesterday, he had three tackles, two solos. You'd like to see him get a little more, but that's not terrible. I mean, it's a long season. I'm not worried just yet. Um, and like I said, Raiders have a really good offensive line. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of varying away from defense, I want to give another. Um, Shout out to Coach McMahon and the special teams. They keep making a difference. They are so much better than they were last year with Brock Olivo at the helm. Uh, Marquette Keene only had four punts yesterday, which is weird because you think our offense didn't do a whole lot in the first half. Well, they couldn't get the ball back. Oakland was having long drives. Um, So uh, Marquette had most of his punts in the first half, Uh, but he got a little revenge on Oakland, and I don't know if you saw it on social media. He had a little video after the game, which he obviously shot the video before the game sometime. Um <laughs> he's sitting on this like bridge or, or not this bridge but this like um I don't know, ledge of some sort and he's drinking some kind of it looks like champagne or something. And he looks over and there's this Chucky doll and it's got a bunch of dollar bills. Um probably hundreds, I don't know. It looks like just, just yeah. dollars stuck in his pockets. And he walks over, and he pats it on the head and walk, walks away. And the video is named BFF Part 1.
1: <laughs> Part 2 to come on a Monday night, perhaps, in December.
0: Yeah, on Christmas Eve. So uh, you got to think that's a little savage move and a little uh, little tip of the hat to his old buddy Chucky, uh, a.k.a. John Gruden.
1: That's pretty funny. You know, I, I'm not a huge fan of player antics like that stuff all the time especially when it's coming from the punter but when it's the raiders and it's gruden i love it um and you know what it seems like marquette even though he can probably get on some people's nerves it seems like he's a great teammate he's really competitive and he is a hell of a punter so i'm not going to complain about anything that he's doing right now because so far it seems like uh he's been well received by by denver and our least favorite uh not to be named Denver radio show host, you know, that doesn't like him. I'm not too worried about that.
0: You mean D-Mac? I'll call him out. <laughs> Darren McKee? I hope he's listening. I'll call him out all day long. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I agree. And, and and I'll make a bold prediction right now that uh, Marquette Keen will fake a punt for a first down sometime this season.
1: I love it. I would be surprised if he doesn't.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Brandon McManus, B-Mac. Uh, how about him yesterday?
1: Oh, he's been great. That that last that last kick still had me nervous.
0: I, th- I thought he missed it at first, honestly.
1: I know, I know. It, it it had me it had me nervous, but he's been really good. He hasn't missed a kick yet this year. Knock on wood. Um, so yeah, I I love it. He's been great.
0: Yeah, I mean, he just he, yeah, he put that kick where it had to be, and. Uh, He's been sharp all preseason long, really sharp since the beginning of last year, which he had some bumps and struggled really bad after he got that extension and that nice little payday. But, uh, yeah, I think the special teams has been great all across the board, and uh, hopefully we can keep talking uh, positively about them all year long.
1: Yeah, and, and one more shout-out to Adam uh, Man jones I know you had mentioned how important he was last week and had a pretty good game, especially on defense. He, he I thought on defense – yesterday he let up some some plays where he was just off coverage a little bit um but really where we need him most is in special teams and again yesterday he only had one punt return but if you remember it was one that he got hit right away but he held on to the ball and i i literally have no thoughts in my head about him and ball control it's it is so nice to not have to even think about that
0: it really is it really is and uh you know, that's something we had to worry about all the time last year because Isaiah McKenzie put it on the ground five times. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that's definitely nice to have a veteran back there. Um, any other thoughts on the game going into this weekend? We got to clean up
1: some stuff. It, we, we, we still are have a long way to go, and it's a long season, and we're 2-0, and which makes me really excited. But we got to clean up a lot. And I, I, I want to see the coaching staff put together a game plan that – Allows our offense to get in a rhythm from the very first drive. I want to see that drive that we had in the second half come in the first quarter, you know? And there were still some questionable moments from Joseph, especially at the end of the first half. You and I were texting, going, What is he doing when we had 35 seconds? We had a timeout in our pocket. We, I can't exactly remember the play sequence, but I want to say we ran the football, doesn't call the timeout, and then we hurry up to the line. There was some confusion. And then I think he does call the timeout. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then ran another play that that was an end. Uh, that was kind of a trick play to Emmanuel at the very end. I was just thinking, what is going on? Like he's he's got to figure out his time management at the end of halves. Um, and I really want to see Joseph and the rest of the coaching staff put together a game plan that gets us started off quickly right away, and that the defense and try to create some more turnovers. We just could not get any pressure on Carr. Kudos to Oakland's game plan, but we couldn't get any pressure on him. I want to see us hitting Flacco all day long, and hopefully, um, hopefully, we'll come out with another uh, exciting podcast next week that we're that we can look forward to.
0: <laughs> no, no, I, I, de- I definitely agree with all your points. Uh, no, and you were correct with how you used this timeouts. It was very head scratching at times. Um, yeah, this is our first trip to Baltimore in quite a while. I believe our last trip was in 2012. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was week right. 15, I think, and Chris Harris Jr., I remember, had like a 99-yard interception return to the house. We absolutely yeah. blasted them. And unfortunately, a few weeks later, they, uh, you know, still the most frustrating loss I've had as a Bronco fan. They outstuck us in the playoffs uh, yeah. by pure miracle. But I think that was the last trip the Broncos have made to Baltimore. They haven't always had the best success there. This isn't the most talented Baltimore team, I don't think, but you know they're going to be physical.
1: They're going to be tough. You know, obviously they killed Buffalo.
0: No, well, everybody's got to kill Buffalo. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true. And, and I, I'm i not here to preview the game, but I, uh, I'm i really excited to see how we look against them. I think they're still a solid opponent. They had a tough game against Cincinnati on the road last week. So it's always tough playing in Baltimore. They've had three extra days of preparation for us. Um I don't know why, but I always hate when we have to play there. I know the last time we, we played there, we killed them, and and that was a nice win. But for whatever reason, it, it just seems like we really struggle there. And uh, so I think we got to start out fast, and and hopefully, you know, Keenum. It, I would love to see Keenum have a zero interception game next week. I think that's my goal for our offense next week.
0: Yeah, I'll go on record saying if he goes on the road and doesn't th- throw any picks against Baltimore, the Broncos win this game.
1: I like it. I so,
0: but no it's not gonna be easy first road test of the year a uh, first road game for the rookies of course of their career um scheduled really ramps up because you got at baltimore then kansas city at home was looking really really good and then uh, at new york and then at home against the, the rams so it's uh yeah, got- it's time to put up or shut up here in the next couple of weeks
1: i agree and it's going to be a big game next week i'm i'm excited to see how we go how we look on the road and what one last comment about Oakland? Uh, there was nothing better than seeing the look on Gruden's face at the end of that game. You know he does a lot of complaining the whole game and a lot of a lot of emotional antics, and he's he's an emotional guy. You know he you can tell why he's an exciting coach for the league to have back. But man, there was nothing sweeter than seeing his face when McManus hit that kick.
0: Yeah, it's fun to root against him. Um, very fun. You know, in the booth, I didn't mind him at all, but it's fun to root against him as a as the Raiders head coach. And you know, yeah. the um, some of our staff on Orange Weekly did a really good they do a really good job, of course, with the social media. And they put on a caption this photo of Gruden's face when that kick went in on <laughs> Facebook. And my caption was um, I kind of stole it from the old cartoon Scooby Doo whenever they would catch the villain, and they he'd always say, you know, I would have got away with it too if it wasn't for those uh, meddling kids and their dog. I said, uh, John Gruden says, I would have got away with it, too, if it wasn't for those meddling Denver Broncos in that case Keenum. So, (laughs) I thought that was pretty good. So, uh, well, thanks again, Jeff, for joining me on the show. Again, you're really becoming a regular, and you're helping me out a bunch, and you always have good insight. And it's it's always a lot more fun to talk about a win than a loss. So, hopefully next week we're uh, covering another win and starting off 3-0 after picking up a nice road win over the Ravens.
1: Couldn't agree more, man. Thanks so much for having me on. I always love talking Broncos football, and uh, couldn't agree more. Hopefully we hopefully we have a
0: fun conversation next week as well. Yep, we'll talk to you next week. Go Broncos. All right, go Broncos. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Tanner Lee. You can follow me at the underscore T underscore Lee. And... All of us at Orange Weekly, really appreciate you taking the time to check out all of our live Facebook videos and our podcasts and everything. We know there's plenty of Denver Broncos options uh, as far as coverage goes that you can listen to and uh, watch, but we uh, really appreciate you giving us a try. And um, with that said, look for tomorrow night, same time as it is every week, the Tuesday night Facebook live show, Kev Dan. Breaking it down, breaking down everything with about the uh, win over the Raiders while also previewing the uh, Baltimore Ravens game. Uh, and That's uh, beer, Broncos, and no BS. That's at 7 o'clock Mountain Time, 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern. Facebook Live, check that out. And the exact same time, 7 o'clock Mountain Time, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern. Myself and Kev Dan are going to be breaking down everything that was good. Everything that was bad and everything that was ugly from the week two matchup against the Raiders. That will be on Get Vocal as well as Facebook Live. So, And uh, Get Vocal just changed up how they're doing things. So um, we would really like you to interact on there. All you got to do is hit a join button. You'll pop in and you'll actually be able to see us. We'll be able to see you. It's kind of like a Call in live, a live call in radio show. It'd be pretty fun, and we uh, really want to hear from all of Broncos country and hear your thoughts on the big win over the Raiders. And check out the po- the pre the Ravens pregame podcast. Um, the guys are doing a great great job with the pregames. If you really want the X's and O's, check that out. That'll be out later this week, and then I'll have the post game podcast from the Baltimore game, hopefully up sometime late next Sunday. If not on Sunday, I'll get it up on Monday. So with that said, have a great week, everybody. And as always, go Broncos.